Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, <clears throat> some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, amen. May the Lord bestow upon us his grace and his blessing now and ever into the ages of all ages. Amen. As you heard the gospel today, the gospel from according to St. Matthew, the evangelist, and we know that this is the second Sunday of the month of, of, the, of the blessed month of Hatur, and this month was, the, was one of the three main times of the year in which the people of Israel and uh, also uh, in Egypt, they used to plant uh, the seeds for the rest of the year. The three, three times were main times of the harvest. The first time, one of them was during the springtime, which was for the wheat. The second time was during the summer for the grapes, uh, which they got the, the wine from. And the third time was during the month, uh, the two months of the fall, uh, September and October, which they would uh, be for the olives and for the rest of the fruits. And that's why this month we focus on the sowing of the seed and the reaping of the fruits, which we focus in the first two Sundays on the sower and the seed, which is called the parable of parables. And the next two weeks they focus on how to reap the fruit, which is from carrying the cross of our life. This month is one of the very special months uh, where the theme is very clear. And usually we focus on how to uh, yield fruit, especially from the gospel. How to respond to the gospel and how to live according to the words of the gospel. And because of this um, recurring theme, uh, I just want to focus on one part uh, today uh, for uh, our reflection, which is the second type of the soil. That one which was actually had no depth of earth. It had no depth of earth, and because of it, when the sun came and scorched the seed, and it didn't produce much fruit. 
in this day and these, uh, this world that we live in now, going very quickly, we find especially a growing uh, problem which is affecting many parts of our life. And that is not having the real depth of soil, the depth of understanding of who we are and who God is. And to really understand what is our goal about all of the efforts and all the work that is being done. We are the most busiest uh, culture probably than before. Before, as the Lord said, are there not 12 hours in the day? They would wake up very early. They would sleep around the time of the sunset. And the rest of their time was in most time in peace and in quiet. Yes, they were mostly farmers and mostly uh, pilgrims. They didn't have the same lifestyle that we live. But because of it, we find, well, where is the depth of the sea? <clears throat> there are, there's the depth, sorry, the depth of the earth and the depth of the sea. The depth of the sea is a symbol in the scripture most of the time uh, for uh, sin and for darkness and despair. Actually, the sea is probably deeper than the highest point of the earth, Mount Everest, or even deeper than the Grand Canyon. When one reaches a certain depth in the sea, there's no life, or very little, there's no fish, there's no light, and there is a, a, a great void. And this is the state of us without God, that we will go plunge deeper and deeper, Without God in our life, we will lose light and we will lose life itself. That's why when the Israelites uh, were crossing the Red Sea, the ones who did not believe, the ones who believed that the depths of the sea congealed and they stood upright and they were able to walk. So they were without this lack of life. Actually, they walked in the depth but with songs and with hymns and with praising God. But those who did not have God with them, then they plunged into the depth of the sea and they say that the, the depths of the seas came upon them, which even there's a coldness in that sea that is it's below freezing or as the, the temperatures of that, of that sea. But for us to have the, the depth of earth is something that brings forth life. If you've planted, there are some seeds that when they go on the surface, they can produce a little bit of fruit, like grass. The seeds don't have to go very deep in, but they also don't produce much fruit. <clears throat> but to have a depth of earth, which is how to have uh, three things that we'll focus on, the depth of earth, or how to have a heart that is receiving the word of God in, in a very fruitful way. Because someone would say, I heard the gospel, or I read in the Bible, I hear the stories, but yet I don't feel or I don't experience a depth in which other people. There is a superficial living and there's a superficial hearing. And if our ears, like the Lord said, we have ears but we don't hear truly what he is saying to us, then we will live our life very shallow. And our actions will be many actions, but also it will produce much fruit. Like one of the fathers, he said, 
There are some people who speak many words and say very little. And there are some people who speak very little and they say much. Also in this age we could say we can do many things and yet accomplish very little. And there's someone whose actions are few but can accomplish many things through them. If you look at the Lord Christ and the apostles and the saints, even the sayings that we have from them are very few. Like even if you say the scripture, it's a big book. But see how, how many times did our Lord Jesus Christ speak from, it's all the word of God. Or how many times did the Holy Virgin Mary speak that we received in the scriptures? The one who probably wrote the most in the New Testament was St. Paul the Apostle. And we know we have many books from him, but even then, if you wanted to read them all uh, in, in one uh, sitting, or in, you could probably finish them all within one week. That's, the, that's the, what he, his testimony reached. Many times you look and he said, someone who said many things in his life, or wrote many things, if they are very great people, we might have from them one saying a uh, few lines in our life. So we see how do we have this depth of uh, speaking and of living. The first thing which is how do we receive the word of God in the proper way. As you heard and you saw, every time we read the scriptures we have hymns, we have prayers, we have a period where we're praying for God so that we would hear his voice and to be able to act in the proper way. If we hear many things, yet we are not in the state which is to receive the word of God. They used to, in some of the churches, put this, the Mangalaya, in one of the highest points of the church. So that they say that we are standing under, we are waiting to hear your word so we can go and we, they put it on the highest place. They venerate the word of God and they know that it is holy. Sometimes someone goes and wants advice from Father Confession or Spiritual Father and they go with little hope and little faith that actually they will hear the word of God. And many times God will be speaking but the way that we, we didn't hear clearly what is God's voice for us? Uh, but we need to put in its proper place the word of God. They say that much reading leads to deeper reading. St. Cyril of Alexandria, he says that when you open the word of the scripture, it is like you put uh, the soul when it comes in contact with a soul that is empty, it provides for it the roots, like just, just exposing the soul to the word of God in a frequent way that it will produce much fruit. I was, a couple times I met people who really, uh, they converted to the, to the Orthodox Church, and one of them, I was asking her why that she chose this she said, from the Bible. So I said, okay, how do you read in the Bible? She said, I read one book a day. I told her, you need one chapter. She said, no, one book. So I was surprised. She has children, and she, her, her husband is in 
the army. So she taking care of everything by herself until he comes back. So I told her, how did you have the time? She's very upset. She said, you uh, are orthodox. <laughs> you should read much. It only takes two hours, sometimes more or less, depending on the work, the, the, the book. So I said, you understand everything that you read? She said, yes. And she began to tell me some of the details in the scripture because she's reading carefully every word. When she reads one book, she said, now I can compare the books. If you read one chapter at a, at a time, sometimes we compare the chapters. But we have what is a comprehensive reading of the scripture. The second thing, which is how to have the deep knowledge and the deep faith. If our faith in God is superficial, when one challenge comes, then we will be shaken and people begin to lose faith because in the, from the beginning, the depth of faith was not there. The, the depth of the knowledge of God is not there. Someone said, okay, how do I reach the deep knowledge of God? It takes time and it takes investigation into the deep matters of uh, the faith. You know, St. Gregory the Theologian, his greatest contribution to the Christian world, or to, in general, were five sermons that he gave. They call them the Great Theological Orations, and they are about the Holy Trinity. I'm sure you've heard about them and studied them, and if not, I encourage you to do so. This, this time when he came to deliver, they found a little man coming, he was a little bit older, he was very simply dressed. They said, this is the one who's going to come, that is our bishop. But when he began to speak these orations, they were amazed at the depth of the knowledge of God, how to understand God. And if someone reads these for sure, you cannot read them without having the same understanding of who God is. He speaks about the Father and the Son in two of them, the Holy Spirit, and then the work of God in our life in the rest. So it takes time for us to reap fruit. How much time do we really give in our life to, to have a deeper knowledge of God? You see, you read the Bible and you finish your obligation and you read your prayers very quickly to finish them. But how much did we really devote in our life in this deeper knowledge? Um, in the Pauline epistle, he said, that, that what you heard today, when he said that we may have the diligence to the full assurance of the hope until the end. He said that if we don't have this diligence, which is effort, working, laboring for the scripture, then he said we will end up to be sluggish. Sluggish, like someone who's just lazy. Someone who didn't, when it comes to do good work, it will be very slow to do good. <clears throat> He said, instead, let us imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Our depth and the knowledge of him and his ways <clears throat> will always, even after all of this investigation, will be limited. But when we approach him, the one who is unlimited, for example, when we pray in the Gregorian liturgy in the first uh, introduction to it, Say, the one who is, right, uncreated, unseen, the one who is without beginning, when we meditate on the characteristics of God, 
and we go deep to understand what we don't understand. <laughs> and to know the one who we do really do not know. When we spend time with the one who is brighter than all, so that we can't even face him without, like fully, without being blinded by the beauty of his greatness. When we come into the presence of the living, the one in whom is the source of all life, and when we enter into dialogue into the one who is the wisdom and the fullness of wisdom, when we come into contact with the being, the one who created all things in his greatness and mercy, in this time, our minds and our lives will, will be exposed to something greater that we cannot stay the same as we are. This needs time. And this needs some work. But this time and effort that is never left void. Many of the things that we, in our schedules, daily schedule, we have a lot of hours that we spend, which is not as uh, valuable. It doesn't produce much fruit. There's some things that we have to do, whether depending, like for example, you're sitting in traffic and you're not moving, but you're waiting for the things to move. You could see that this time would be uh, wasted. And there's another who can take opportunity and benefit even from that time so that we come into contact with the living God. And that we expose even those empty times to be fruitful. So that, as they used to say, you put the scripture on your doors, whether you're coming in and you're going out. So that if you leave the, the house with one verse or one message or one thing to meditate on for the day, by the time you return, also you will sit and be in the fullness of, of joy and be directed in his steps. And that's why as the person who leaves, they're praying too that they will return quickly so that we can do our work and our labor and return into the one whom we love. The last thing, which is the depth of heart, and that is, uh, as the book of Ephesians tells us, that the word of God may dwell in you richly, in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So the roots that we speak about in the scripture, the roots that fix us to the church, which is uh, love itself. And that gives us, it says that you may be able to comprehend with all the sa saints, the depth, right? It's at width and length and height, but the depth also and height to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. This time, if we spend truly this month reading, like someone says, in this month, by the time we finish the month of Hatur, we want to finish this book of the Bible or these chapters in the Bible. I remember one time with the youth, we told them in the summer, if they worked very hard, you can finish all the New Testament in that. Just about 10 chapters. Someone could even take more if they were very diligent. Like this one lady, if she read one, one book a day, she would finish half of the Bible in one month. I'm not saying we can all do this. I'm telling you what she does. And if we said, okay, we only take one chapter, then there are many books of the Bible, easy to finish within the one month. But especially for this month in Atur, 
we should add so that we come to knowledge and come to greater love. And every time that you open into the scripture, we put a prayer that we can enter into the depth of the scripture, not just say on the superficial life. As if someone who's in the sea and they were looking at the, at the waters, you'll see, find very little. When you go deeper, you'll find there's another world that is there. And the scripture is uh, with many layers that if you want to go very deep, you can find abundant, uh, abundant knowledge and blessing. There are many of the saints who through one verse, it opened up many verses. And uh, I think it's a very good, as uh, one of the fathers was asking me the other month, last month, he was saying, we want a guide for the Bible that we can approach it to reap much fruit. Because if you just start in Genesis, many people, they end up in chapter 20 and they didn't accomplish little. So we always tell them, if you want a good start and a fruitful start, we start with the Gospels. We start especially with the Gospel according to St. John. And then we go through it and then return, finish the Gospels and then go through Acts, finish the New Testament and then go to the Old Testament. And this way, uh, as they say, when you are reading, you take your notebook for your questions that you will ask. Every time you read, that you end with a verse, you end with a prayer, and you end with a request, uh, sorry, a prayer, and then you end with one of the fruits of virtues that you want to take from it. So you end the, the, the Bible with a verse that you memorized, with a prayer that you're asking God to deepen and for you or for others. And then the third thing, which is a virtue or fruit that you are going to apply in your life. If we approach the scripture in this way, then God will reap forth upon us, as you said, the 30, 60, and 100 fold. May the Lord give our lives abundantly with his word to always be in contact with his presence, to bring forth fruit 100 fold. Glory be to him now and ever into the ages. Amen.